Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Mayhem. I am your host, Justin Harvey. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. Casey, is that you on the phone? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Good thing I got an audio degree because uh, I needed to put the mic into a figure eight polar pattern and I needed to engage phantom power and uh, I had to gain stage for a line level instead of a mic level. And now that we've completely bored the audience, welcome back to another edition of Mass Mats and Mayhem. Technical difficulties have been solved. We're coming off of uh, the what is it, six six ways to Sunday Lucha under what the hell is this match called? The six the six forms of the six fingers of death marathon on Ray. The five finger death six punch. To six, six to survive. Six to survive. Okay, Casey says six to survive. That's what it is. That's what we'll call it then. So. Um, you were there for this match, weren't you, Case? Fuck yeah, I was. I saw him and J-Ray holding hands during the parts where Pentagon almost got eliminated. You know, I know that's a lie because Pentagon almost never loses, so you're just making shit up because he just kills everyone who wins matches. <laughs> well, you got to be pretty happy about this, though, that Pentagon is, like, back in the mix in a very short amount of time. I know you were getting kind of worried as he was... Uh, in the background getting trained by Vamp, and we weren't seeing a whole lot of, of Pentagon in-ring for, God, fucking two months almost on TV now, right? Right, yeah. That makes me sad. Whenever Pentagon's not on the show, I'm wondering, when will I see him again? And now we know that we'll see him again at Ultima Lucha in the main event for the championship. Well, yeah, it might finally be his time to, to strap on some gold and fucking go out a winner. I really fucking hope so, because I would be really, really, really upset if that didn't happen. Because when Pentagon is at Ultima Lucha, we fucking bring it as the Pentagon section. There will be signs, there will be support, there will be all of this love for Pentagon waiting for him to break Matanza's arm. Do you know what sign so, you're going to make for when we go to Ultima Lucha 2? Actually, yes, I do. Uh, it's a sign of Pentagon beheading Matanza and holding his bloody head oh, in his spoiler. hand. Wow. Oh. That's crazy. That must take a lot of uh, Magnum Sharpie to make a, a, a poster or sign like that. Yeah, I think I killed like three markers uh, coloring Matanza's head, actually. Jesus Christ. Wow. Um. Well, so this is the match that basically sets it up. I mean, we've kind of given away where it's going, but that's okay because you, if you're listening to this, you've either probably already watched Lucha Underground and we don't need to go in order or you suck because you didn't watch Lucha Underground and you need to go and watch it and then come back to us because that is definitely a better hour of your time in life than well, this about WWE or TNA. We should not talk about WWE yet, Byron. What about TNA? We can talk about it. In fact, I will talk about <laughs> TNA right now because there's nothing to fucking say about the product other than the fact that they couldn't even get their show to be on the air last yeah. night. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> How, I mean, like, dude, and I got some I got some love for TNA and I got a couple of buddies that work over there and do some stuff for them. And I'm like, I'm wanting to support the product. I really, really am. Like, I want to see good things happen. But like. Maria Canales, who I said a few weeks ago is one of my favorite things on the show. She's yeah. fucked up right now. And then this shit with the production stuff is going on last night on Pop. Like, what the f fuck yeah. kind of hack job was that? Like, TNA is getting their act together, sort of, <laughs> even though Slammiversary almost 
the company almost folded before they could do their pay-per-view, like on the day yeah. of. The entire company almost folded uh, until they Shit got happened, some but... Smashing Pumpkins money. But Yeah, so what is Billy Corgan like an officially a, a minority investor now? I think he was before, and I think he just gave I don't know. I don't know the details. I think the but... term, like, you guys are looking for the words money mark is what you're looking for? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of what he is. And then... Um, but it, it's all it's coming together pretty good for them, except for all the TNA stuff that keeps happening outside of the ring. <laughs> all of the TNA stuff. It has its own name now. It's just yes. called TNA stuff. It's not, you don't get Munson anymore. You get TNA. Oh God. Anyway, I'm not even. Uh, I can't even talk about it. It's like there's nothing to say. The Matt and Jeff Hardy thing. It's like okay. I, I I love some of the Matt Hardy stuff just because it's like watching a train wreck at this point. It's so crazy it's to a, watch. I think it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating. I don't know if it's good wrestling or what, but I I don't know what I'm looking at when I see that, and that that at very least is very interesting. I think he live streamed five minutes of himself making faces, <laughs> which is better than anything that you would have seen on Raw last week. Yeah, I true. True. Honestly, though, like I could just watch Matt Hardy talk about grapes for like 20 minutes. Remember when he was all into grapes? That was so great. So fucking frightening. And I'm like, dude, he's right. Grapes are fucking delicious. But there's too much sugar. That's why he became Fat Hardy. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He is Fat Hardy now. That's too many grapes. Gimmick. Um, well, so this, this episode, the uh, Six Ways to Sunday brawl, the first ever... Why do I keep calling it the wrong thing? I am such a f- dipshit. It's, they made a really nice graphic for it, too. Six to survive. Yeah, six to survive. Well, I was a little distracted losing DJ's contest at the same time. Yeah. I fucking, I, I botched at the end. I did not know Vasquez's uh, real name. Look, I couldn't even remember her character name on this show four weeks ago to begin with. You remembered I was, her rank. I, she was Captain Hotness to me. Yeah. Like, how am I going to be the guy to ever get... I think that DJ did that on purpose be, just to fuck with me. Probably. I, I feel like those questions were almost tailored for people that bought the seasons on iTunes and could just call everything up. Well, I mean, that good. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to sell yeah. a fucking... Uh, exactly, it's smart. Sell your show. That was really smart on his part. Like, hey, look, how about I reward the people who are actually spending money on my shit? You know? Mm-hmm. So, and I have season one, but I do not have season two because I have Sling and Time Warner and I watch it two or three times every week. Yeah, and right. uh, on the same day on Sling, I can keep viewing it over and over again. So by the time Wednesday is over, I've usually watched Lucha three or four times already for season two. So and I you don't. still didn't know her first name. They have God them, damn it. They well, have them on demand on Sling, too. I think that, honestly, to get that question right, you would have to uh, watch the scene where somebody says her name. She's in, like, fucking 15 scenes, right? Or was yeah. it on IMDb or okay, somewhere else? I figured no, no, no. who would call her by her first name, though, and I would say it's probably Joey Ryan being weird and sleazy. Exactly. Maybe he would call her. I think, no, yeah, I, or, I think it was Lorenzo Lamas being, like, overly familiar with her or, like, fake friendly with her. Oh, Marie, hi. Stop going after Dario, bitch. Yeah, like, okay. word for word, that's probably what he said. Yeah. Well, and, and that was the answer was Marie. I said Laura or something. A million people said Carmen, which is the actress's name, Carmen Perez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can find her at Carmen Perez Art on Twitter. Um, and Instagram. But, yeah, Carmen will Maybe. be stoked to know that she was the, the tiebreaker um, bunch of our homies got out pretty early. Vic. So who won? Uh, 
Um, I'm I'm looking right now. Let me see the, the dude's name. Um, it's also buried deep in DJ's page here. Congratulations to Papa November eighty. Oh yeah, yeah. That dude's been a fan for a long time. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was, it was it was real peeps, dude. Nobody nobody was even close to in it who weren't like real for real lucha fans. There was no bullshitters in there at all. Uh, congratulations well, from the M show. Yeah. Yeah. From the mmm show. Mm, Which reminds me, I already ate. I ate um I ate my soup while we were watching huh. the episode. Oh, gonna... dude, I'm legit eating quesadillas right now. You want me to, like, show them closer to the phone? Oh, yeah, sure. Just for Urban. Urban Heretic loves, uh, I'm sorry. How, how does this handle go? At U R B A N H E C T I C 187. Woo! Did I do that right? Something about the road dog, Jesse James, the badass Billy Gunn, the new age outlaws. I feel like I'm too sober to do the urban thing. I don't know that I can do it sober. I don't know that he could do it sober. Can he do that sober? I don't know, but I don't, I just, I can't pay attention through the whole time of him spelling it out. So I, I actually don't know if he even gets it right when he does it wasted, which is Whenever they record. Well, he's that yeah, young by man. By that point in the podcast, Byron's listening to our podcast to hear my awesome Stone Cold impressions. No, I would never do that. <laughs> you would what? You would never listen to our podcast? Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was listening to the heels, and then Casey turned on his phone and to listen to himself on our podcast. What's your uh, What's your Stone Cold sound like over the phone, Casey? It sounds pretty fucking good. Sorry, I had a mouthful of food, so that's <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Choose and woos. Choose and woos. You know, and speaking of Woo! Urban Urban Heretic 187, um, that fool has talked himself into a corner because um, he has he talks so much about drinking that every single individual member of the Lucha Click, and it's not an exclusive membership. So this we're talking about like a lot of fucking people here. Yeah. Wants to have a drink with this young fellow uh, when he comes to Los Angeles for uh, Ultima Lucha Trace. And um, that's going to hurt him. As much as I'm pretty sure he can handle his business, I think that I think he's going to get hurt. Like hurt, hurt. He's going to have to shit in those uh, porta-potties at the temple. And like, no one wants to shit in those. Man. I don't even know if he'll That's make the, it to the temple. You don't You don't have to shit when you drink too much, Casey. That's not what happens. Well, I've got the beer shits good. before. That's good. Like during it? I've got the beer shits before. Like, like af- the day after. Uh, No, like, well, but I mean, if you're drinking that much and that consistently, when does the day after start? That's true. He's going to be blacked out from the airplane to the airplane. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see, but, you know. going to piss on a stewardess like Lord Stephen Regal. What do you think our chances are of actually getting our tickets, Case? Uh, zero to none, um, but, you know, we'll, I'm going to be optimistic at <laughs> 1%. You're going to be optimistic at 1%. Um, so yeah. for those listening who don't know, there, there's this process, and uh, I won't explain it to you in detail because I, at this point I don't know if I want anyone else to know how to get tickets anymore, but... You have to, like, do a, a process to get your tickets. And, you know, we're not, like, you know, trying to get some insider hookups or whatever. Um, we're trying to go through the front door like all the normal people do. Um, we're and, normal people. And 
it is apparently pretty difficult. And a few people got flat out denied on tickets. They just didn't get in fat fast enough or they weren't on the list. And I got to tell you, after being there this week, um, you know, there's a lot of newbies there. And I just feel like, man, there should be some kind of system that rewards the people who have been coming um, because those are the people I think that make the crowd the best for the show. It's not even, you know, sure. Like new people coming and experience it, I think is awesome. I think everybody should, should get out to the temple and see it at least once in their life. But at the same time, I think there's like 40 or 50 people that if I were doing this show, I would make sure that they were there every week just simply because of the fact that it's a TV show and they're making the actual product of the TV show better. They know the chance. They know how to get the crowd hyped. They get really into it. They know what the storylines and the wrestlers are because they've been at other live tapings, which is another hard thing. How are people supposed to pop for stuff when they don't know the storylines and they're showing up for the first time? Yeah. And the, the live stuff is an entire year on TV ahead of, you know, what's what just aired. I mean, literally at the temple this weekend, they're, you know, three weeks off from Ultima Lucha 3, just like they're three weeks off from Ultima Lucha 2 on TV right now. I mean, they're a full I mean, season no, ahead. I do have to say something, Justin. Yeah. That if the crowd seemed a little quiet this weekend... It did. There's no one to blame for that but Byron for getting me fucking sick. I basically had the flu this weekend, you guys. I was feeling like shit all day Saturday, all day Sunday, about half a Friday... And, you know, Justin was sick uh, Friday and Saturday, too. I was actually you know hurting today. That uh, piece of shit, Byron. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get the correlation here. You're a fucking outbreak monkey is what the correlation is, Byron. That <laughs> monkey wasn't sick, but it was fucking spreading things to everybody. It's weird because... Carrier. It's weird because you guys came over to my home and we recorded, and then I left to go to Scottsdale, Arizona for a bachelor party for my brother. Um, we met Vanilla Ice at the airport, which is pretty rad. And then, uh, who's a friend of mine? And then um, and then we proceeded to just binge drink until y- yesterday. Like the whole weekend through, felt great. I feel great now. Whereas you showed up and... I don't know what you did. You just hung out here, ate some pizza, and then went home, and that was too much for you, I guess. I think it was the pizza. I think that Billy Fever walked her pee feet onto the pizza. I've been eating. The, I eat the pizza all day yesterday. But you also eat Billy Fever's pee feet all the time. No, we I don't. don't do yeah, that. you pretend it's tootsie rolls. No, I don't. Oh, it's finger oh. looking good. Casey has like three cats. His yeah, but none of his cats pee on their feet. Billy yeah. doesn't pee on her feet. <laughs> And I also don't eat any of their feces. This is sad. All three of us are cat people. That might explain a lot about this show. <laughs> Billy, come back. Yeah, where's Billy? Oh, I got it. Anyway. I got to tweet a picture. Um, hey, Billy, your dad's a piece of shit. So she what, doesn't have headphones on, you idiot. I got to tell you what you guys yeah. missed without, uh, without giving any spoilers away. And boy, I wish I could because the matches that were taped this weekend were f- fucking sick ridiculous. They were just ridiculous. Um... But without giving anything away, they taped the 100th episode of Lucha Underground this week. Congrats! Congrats to Evie Dubs and, and 
C, uh, DJ and CM Roach and and uh, everybody and Marty Elias and Vampiro and Stryker and Melissa and Pentagon Jr. for being the person I tune in all 100 episodes to see. Yeah, yeah. But that's I mean that's a lot of television and and for you know those who are not in the know on the TV game 100 is a special number because. 100 allows you to start doing things in syndication that are difficult if you don't get that high. These days with a lot of these smaller shows that are only doing 12, 13 episode seasons, maybe you can get a good syndication deal sooner. I mean, Breaking Bad really was one one of the shows that broke down the door for that and Sopranos and a couple other shows. But for them to hit the big one double zero is huge. It's Mm -hmm. huge, huge, huge. And given it's only taped, it hasn't aired yet, but... I mean, we're only talking like what a year and a half here. It's been a. It's still a relatively young show. I didn't. I didn't realize they hit one hundred already. I hadn't either. Like I just but, showed up this weekend. I didn't know when I was going to that taping that it was episode yeah. one hundred. I get there and they're like, "We got Cricket Wireless handing out free T-shirts and shit and all sorts of stuff." I'm like, "Whoa, what? I get a free shirt? So we got these free? I'm wearing it right now." Oh, it says one hundred. One hundred hey, uh, episodes. If anyone could get me a shirt. Byron's yeah, looking at everyone. I just want to thank everyone who got their sick buddy Casey a shirt. All fucking zero of you. Thanks. Well, they handed out one ticket per person, and they were pretty. Uh, they were pretty exclusive on that. Um, I think there might be a few people who got broed out on a second shirt, but when I tried to get broed out on a second shirt, there was a whole lot of newbies standing around, and it just wasn't meant to be. Well, I appreciate you trying to get me a shirt, Justin. I did. I did. And it was, you know, it was really easy, uh, too, for the triple XL box. I mean, there weren't that many people who wanted those. I'm not triple yeah. XL. Well, no, I wear, was, I I wear a size you. smaller shirt than Casey does. No, you don't. Casey's just tall, though. He's not. Def- he's definitely not as wide hey, you know around. You know how many fucking donuts you eat, Byron? I have, I have muscle definition. Um, how many uh, how many donuts did you have during this bachelor party? No donuts during a bachelor party. Casey, I play hockey. I'm an athlete. What do you do? Wait, 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 wait. Beer league hockey. hockey yeah. With your brother doesn't count as fucking hockey. And 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 beer league hockey is is right behind that. Like, don't you guys you you drink a bunch of beer and then you go out and put skates no, you, on and no, fall you drink into the beer each other afterwards right? when you want to forget how bad you played. Okay. So it is, but it is beer league hockey that we're talking about here. We're not, you're not like, yeah, no, if you go to my Instagram at Byron Fever, you'll read it in my bio, possibly in my Twitter bio. I forget at Byron Fever. No, your Twitter, (laughs) your Twitter bio just says, I've been in tornadoes. It does say that. It does. Because I have been in tornadoes. He mentions the podcast now, finally, doesn't he? (laughs) Does Casey have the podcast in his Twitter? I don't know. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Hmm. And we do have a new um, a new handle at MMM Show seventy five, um, that is its own dedicated Twitter just for twittering about MMM Show twittering tweets, twatter, two, twit, twu. And what is that Twitter account? It's at MMM Show seventy five. And that seventy five is the uh, numbers of years nice. that Byron is old. I'm the youngest person th- on the podcast. I think it's the last year that WWF wrestling was cool. I think it was WWF back then anyway. I think it was like 15 W's and then an F. I don't uh, know, man. That was when Backlund was the champion. And I know that Byron's a big fan of Bob Backlund. But, uh, nah. 
He likes any dude that has back in his name for obvious reasons. Billy Fever well, just, has climbed just, into um, a bag. Byron did this whole rant about how Bob Backlund was so much better than Famous B that we didn't put on the <laughs> podcast because we didn't want you thinking that we were pieces of shit by association. But that totally sounds like something Byron said, right, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I think it was. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But, but is that really surprising to anyone out there? No, no. In fact, I heard that Byron, during the tapings, actually called WWE and said, this is your biggest fan, Byron. Uh, I want to give you this idea for Bob Backlund. (laughs) Then he told them what they were doing with Famous B ahead of time. I think you should ban him. I I think you were the one that gave them that idea, weren't you? I had to go (laughs) wrangle Billy. I missed all of that, and I'm not sad about it at all. Well... Um, I got to throw a big shout out to my homeboy, Alberto Campos, who actually listens to the show and hopefully he's listening to this right now. Um, oh yeah, Alberto's cool, man. Yeah. And he's I hung a, out with him. Right. I hung out with, uh, you know, Mallory and, uh, Michael Rosas and a couple other people and even CJ Gennaro and a couple of guys and Mil Machetes. Uh, this weekend was fun. It was weird without Casey being there. And, you know, everyone's first question to me was, damn, what happened to Casey? Is he alive? Like, everyone figured you were on your deathbed if you weren't going to make it to Lucha Underground. Dude, everyone I was is pretty so- fucked up, man. I felt like shit. Everyone's so quick to think Casey is dead or dying whenever something happens. It's like he looks like someone who has a lot going on, like, wrong in his uh, life. Well... It's going to create a huge void, a strange void in the show. Like, Vic's missed episodes before, but Casey doesn't miss too many. And, like, we're now talking five episodes in a row that'll be on TV towards the end of season three where you won't see Casey in the crowd unless they cut you in from stock footage, which they might. Oh, shit, Byron. Kevin Gross is going to fuck you up. Look at Twitter. Uh oh. Uh, Did he yeah. piss off the toll man? I didn't do anything. No, um, Byron offered him up as a big, uh, uh, Brandon, I'm sorry, I don't know how I made that mistake. Um, Brandon offered Byron. I'm really sorry, Brandon, for calling you Byron just there. I apologize. I wouldn't do that to my worst enemy. You should hear what he calls uh, you off the podcast. <laughs> Brandon, did he call? No, Brandon Brandon works when we're doing evenings. Like I should have had Brandon on when we were still recording during the day because uh I think he's at his job in, in the evening. But I'll get him on at some point. Maybe I'll just have to pre-record the segment cuz he's got some interesting Hi, theories. And I apologize to you now, Brandon, cuz I'm going to let you like come on and voice your opinion and your theories about stuff and then I'm going to let Casey shoot all sorts of holes in it. Cuz Casey loves shooting down other people's theories. And I love to listen oh, dude, to it. I will shoot down every theory that everyone has just so that my theories are the only ones that are right. It's it's fun to listen to theories of the guy who's seen every single taping except this one, who's been every you know, at all the tapings. Well no, that he knows is fun because then on. sometimes when he actually knows the answer already, he can't say. So then he has to make <laughs> up an alternate theory that's kind of on base but isn't totally right. And that's just even more fun. Like the red herring Casey is awesome. Yeah. Dude, I do that so many times on this podcast, and no one even fucking knows. You guys aren't even going to be able to tell which theories of mine are my actual theories and which ones are fucking with you. But I swear to you, I have done both to you people on this podcast. And I and I know what your real ones are and what the fake right. ones are. And I, I, I mean, most of the real ones, you're, you're batting like 97% or something. I mean, the real ones are pretty dead on. Like, I wish we could tell people what the real ones were compared to the fake ones. But uh, I got to tell you guys, Casey, like, talk to him when you see him down at a taping or something because his theories are usually pretty spot on. And, and a lot of times they're without any kind of inside information. I mean, he just... 
has a feel, I think, for where DJ's brain is going sometimes. Yeah, when we were in line for Ultima Lucha 1, I called, like, the results of all the matches, except I had um, the match row wrong, because I was going to have... See, in my mind, I thought it was going to be Mil Muertes, right? And they were going to team up, and then Pentagon was going to help Mil win the title, and that's how Mil was going to win the title. That could have been interesting, but, too, though. But I got everything else right, like the Disciples winning the belt, and Pentagon winning his match, and Mil winning his match. I just had the maestro wrong. But well, I think that this Ultima Lucha Dose uh, is going to be really exciting. I can't get into too many of the theories. Uh, but I can't wait to find out what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll can't Dude, wait to see I, what I can't wait to see my dope-ass side on television because I don't have any pictures of it. You didn't take any pictures, huh? That's no, a shame. I, you know what? I took a picture, and I sent it to Pentagon, and then he messaged me back and said, Awevo about it, which, <laughs> is, which means, like, fuck yeah. Huevos? Those, aren't those eggs? Huevos. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. balls, man. I oh, like balls. Like yeah. It's like that has balls, you That's know? balls. Oh, I get it. I mean, Pentagon swears so much that, uh, oh, that was, you know, I, I have to tell you that there are certain uh, Spanish performers whose English has gotten very, very good, but only it's swearing. <laughs> I can't tell hey, you that's good. That. good work. I don't want to spoiler it too much because hopefully I'm hoping all of it gets on TV. But there was a certain I think uh, that, uh, season season two. We saw that with Taxi Star also. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you! Well, and, and hopefully that this one that that they filmed this past weekend is the next one of those that gets on because there was a certain wrestler who was defending a certain other wrestler who got very fired up about some things that happened. And the swearing was immaculate and done in English from a performer I had not heard speak very much English. So that's about all I can say, but I, I, I hope Good times. Um, so yeah, episode 100 taped this weekend. Congratulations to those guys. I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, let's get into tonight's episode a little bit because there was some interesting stuff. Uh, you know, nobody, nobody front of house, as, as I like to say, knew anything about Mil Muertes uh, being revived last week because that was a backstage segment. But this week was the reveal of him coming back to the ring. I know you and Jay Ray were there. Um, were you surprised to see Mill come out during this match? Yeah, because we were like, what the fuck's going on with his mask? He looks like Frankenstein or something because it was like all stitched up and shit. Yeah, and he had so some we were serious coming up with red all these scenarios about how he was revived like Frankenstein this time, which <laughs> was that amazing. He just kind of opens his eyes and gets even more mad than he was before. Yeah, his eyes are red. Yeah, I mean, he definitely looked like he just pulled the six-footer bong or something. He had the serious red eyes going for this new this new uh, mill. Now, is he getting stronger every time he comes back, or is he getting weaker? Is he like is this like oh, the Game of Thrones thing, or his weaker? His eyes change color each time because okay, the first time that he died, he had regular dude eyes, right? Yeah, right. Then they turned then they white. Went, then they went white. Then they went red. So who knows what the next one will be? Maybe he won't even have eyes next time. Well, Maybe he'll be like Daredevil. I don't know, man. Is anyone going to even be able to kill Mill again? He seemed pretty pissed about that last one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Once you end up in a glass case, you kind of tend to not want to go back into a coffin again. That's true. Well, and, you know, Cuerno's got to be pretty surprised, too. He's got this guy on display, and then all of a sudden he's showing up and interfering in this 
uh, six ways to Wednesday match or whatever. Cuerno Sorry, was about to win two. the whole thing. He was on a roll. Yeah, he was he was going nuts. He was going off. Um, yeah, but you know, I, he might have had to change his tights after that because I would have <laughs> literally shit my pants if the guy that I had stuffed and mounted on my wall came alive and was kicking my ass and costing me a title shot. Well, and and yeah, I mean, Mill didn't you know, really totally fuck him over, but he did hit him with the spear, which set up uh, into the world from Mr. Mundo from Johnny Mundo's. Um, and there goes Cuerno like there, you know, Cuerno who's kind of been at the top of the card. And it felt like by, by capturing mill, he was working himself right up to the top of the card. And instead it basically cost him a chance to be at the top of the card and put him out of this thing first. Yeah. He went out before Taya and Ivelisse and Phoenix. I mean, that's got to hurt for a guy who's been, you know, literally on the throne. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, the right guy won the match. That's all I can say. Well, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, it was what I noticed, though, during the match that I thought was interesting as I look at Lucha Underground's Twitter and watch this gif that just repeats over <laughs> and over again. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, that's that's. It's, I was definitely going to talk about that. They yeah. they incorporated a lot of strong style type, uh, beating the shit out of each other, in this in this match. You had the trading forearms, with Mundo and Pentagon, and then you had, um, Pentagon and Phoenix after they power drove each other like for five minutes straight. They slapped each other on their knees for another five minutes. It was there was like a huge slap fight, and I I mean I appreciate that because I feel like it's given the guys a chance to build up to some big finishing spots. But at the same time, dude, they were throwing some heaters in there. That was some rough stuff. Like you know, every third one of those was real fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're brothers. I wouldn't expect them to take it easy. <sighs> Jesus, K-Fame, fuck! <laughs> you don't know Pentagon's brothers with Phoenix? And, and not in I, I would imagine that at least 60% of the people that listen to the show probably do know that. But as, you know, as in K-Fame, they, they haven't said that no, they were No, because Pentagon says Chinga to Madre to him. No, no, no. He, he also said puta. Well, he said, yeah, fuck your whore mother, I yeah. think, is the, the translation. <laughs> He didn't just say fuck your mom, it was fuck your whore yeah. mother. But that, I mean, again, you know, might lose something in the translation. <laughs> but see, like, if that kind of stuff can get over on air, like, why can't, in, I mean, that's a pretty raunchy thing to say in any yeah. language. Fuck your whore mother? That's pretty, you that's... Know what it, you know what it is? Is um, that the people that complain about it are white and don't know what the fuck he's saying, so it's all right. <laughs> they did, they did mute... Uh, Phoenix, when you had a shot of him holding up the middle finger, and he said, "Fuck you, Puto." Yeah, they did mute. Yeah, but, but that's because he said Puto, not "fuck you." Yeah, <laughs> but but a Johnny Puto chant got through tonight. It, it was all it was only oh, like a two or three times, um, but it was definitely a Johnny Puto, not a Kulo or Zero. I would blame whoever did the Flamita graphic last week on that. Oh man. I don't know. There's not a whole lot of guys that work in post at Lucha. It might have been EV Dub himself. You never know. How do they have the picture in the first place? I don't know. Can't, Come don't on. they screen grab their own footage for that? I gotta imagine if no, because they were all like straight on headshot photos. And I gotta imagine 
if somebody pulled Flamita's picture and threw it in there by accident, that he might be coming to the company. I'm just going to flat out say it. Like, why do they have an 8x10 of Flamita's head? Wasn't it like Fireball? No, it was like a whole like picture of him. Yeah. But it I'm wasn't just, just a headshot. But I don't... What I Or was Phoenix fucking around and wearing his costume just to fuck with the guys in the like, back? I'm going to cosplay as fucking Flamita? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're so correct. That maybe we, he's maybe maybe Phoenix is going to be Flamita Jr. and totally double fuck him out of his own gimmick. <laughs> I Phoenix just, is just bros with Octagon, and he's like, "Well, if he's going to dress up like Octagon, I'm going to fucking dress up like him." Yeah, that would be hilarious. I just there has to be some dude in the graphics department going on Google Images and just swiping pictures without any sort come of come on that they're running on air. I don't. Yeah. I don't see that happening. If they signed off on that, they had to have known who was in the picture. I don't. I see. I don't. The reason why I don't buy it is because I know Ev Dub is the one who's standing there in post. I know he's at all the onlines. I just don't think. I don't think if he grabbed it from the internet that the mistake would happen. I it's, think that the mistake happens if Flamita has been into the offices or they have an eight by ten of Flamita for some other reason, and. They and it just slipped their minds. Like I don't. Are think, you trying to call him the guy in the limo right now, Justin? Is that what you're saying? I don't. I can't call him the guy in the limo because the timeline just doesn't match up to me. Hey, fire and cigars, right? It's the same thing. Probably but I mean, some of this shit. He could light the cigar on his fucking mask flames. Whoa, that would be awesome. I just think that I think though that the other thing I'm noticing about Lucha Underground is I feel like my sense of timing and how fast they're going to play out storylines is based on season one. And they're not doing that anymore. They're playing a much longer game. Like, yeah, I, you know, when, when, when they did that first bit, Lorenzo said that, you know, he was descending or ascending soon or some shit, whatever he said. Um, but he didn't put any weeks on it and it could be, you know, whenever the big boss is ready, the limo guy is just going to show up and, that could be two seasons from now. I mean, that could be, you know, there's no guarantee that that even gets resolved. We're getting pretty close to the end of yeah. season two here. Well, we saw Dragon Azteca Jr. at the beginning, like the almost the first shot of season one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that didn't pay off until the end of the season. If not the first episode of well, season two. Well, I mean, two. we got Ray teasers for, for eight episodes, which is two months. Before he ever actually even showed up at the temple. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, even this season, once we knew he was officially there, even though everyone knows he was supposed to originally debut in season one, but due Mm -hmm. to the the peril thing that didn't happen. But I I mean, it's just, you know, I I feel like maybe my sense of timing for how Lucha is going to play these stories out is, in fact, off. I don't know that we are even going to find out who the limo guy is this season. Do you think it's going to be a reveal, or maybe it's the last shot of the last episode? Oh, like Matanza, you didn't. You, they teased him. I mean, they created and teased him all throughout yeah. season one. Well, and then the payoff was you see a glimpse of his face and mask. Now, if 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 the the most recent theory that sounds the most accurate that Casey and I and you probably know about um, is accurate, that would play out before the end of the season. But we'll see. Yeah, if it's, if it's who I think it is, yeah. So, I mean, we'll know in weeks then. We'll finally know if 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 not, you I, know. I if keep, it's one of the other ideas, it does not have to play out this season. I keep trying to forget about that. I really do. 
I do too. I'm going to say right now, I hope that that's wrong. I really do. I really do. I love DJ. I have uh, the utmost faith in his writing and I really don't want it to be that one because I think that that would not be the most well-written thing. Period. That's just my, my Well, I'm thought. sorry you guys hate Big Rick so much. <laughs> um, some other quick spots I just want to talk about. The Taya and Evil Lee stuff in this match. Um, I felt like Evie got a little bit buried. I mean, she had a few spots at the beginning, and, and she was working some good stuff, but um, th- there wasn't a lot of Ivelisse here. And I just wonder, like, without Angelico and Son of Havoc, without that trios push that she was getting, where does Ivelisse still fit in at the top of the game with, with talent like the rest of the people who are in the ring in this match? What do you think, oh. Case? I think I, I missed Angelico a lot in this match. Kind of like makes me think about it. Because how Bill put it a bit if Angelico was in this match. No, know? and I agree. And it's, it's weird because I feel like seeing Ivelisse in there, I feel like without Angelico or Son of Havoc, it's harder for her to stand her own in a match like this. Now, Taya, on the other hand, you know, and you guys know I'm a Taya Mark, but at the same time, she was wrestling not better than everyone else in the ring, but she was at the same level as all those guys in that match, 100%. And she just, you know, she sold normal stuff. She did all the regular work that any guy in that ring would do. And it was like a totally on even playing field with everybody in there. And I wasn't quite feeling that from the Ivelisse gimmick in this match. Hey, so did uh, did they show the part when Pentagon chased her around the ring, kicking her in the ass really fucking hard? Oh, yeah. They did. It was, I thought what we saw was um, he was doing the hamstring kicks, and then he's like, look at this, and then he kicked her in the ass. Well, and she got yeah, kicked. Yeah, that, um, he did that, like, right in front of us, and he kicked the shit out of her. He also kicked her in the face really hard. He kicked her in the face really hard, and she took a, a, a crotch shot before that while they Ooh. were still in the ring. That yeah. looked vicious, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? <laughs> if, if you're wrestling Pentagon, he's going to hit you hard. He doesn't take punches for anybody. You know, if even if they said, Casey, we want you to wrestle Pentagon, and I'm like his biggest fan, he wouldn't take it easy on me. Well, and no, I but I feel like that. it made sense with her in the ring. I felt like she sold it perfectly, and she was playing into it and feeding into it and telling him to, to bring it on and to keep it coming. And that's the thing about Taya, and it's like I had almost forgotten. Like, they put Taya so far into this valet role, yeah. which yeah. I had said very early on, I hope they don't do that, and they did that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't bad. I mean, her and Johnny Mundo together is a really good combination. Um, you know, and their worldwide underground union that they're starting is is really cool. But at the same time, I realized how much I missed seeing her wrestle, seeing her in this match. She, she was holding her own with Pentagon, and it was really entertaining to me. She's almost bumpy more than anyone else on the show when you go back to her match with Cage. Yeah. She bumps yeah. a ton. Like, like her bump uh, quota, like per time and per match, per time in a ring, she gets beat oh. up. That reminds me, guys. Yeah. Um, EOD Phantasma did a podcast with Conan. Oh, he did. Who's that? And he talked about his back injury. And he said it's from falling from a very high place. So I think we can all figure out where he fucked his back up in season two. I, I don't remember. I only watched Lucha Underground, so I don't remember seeing Eho. <laughs> Bell, what? 
fantastic. I think we should kick Byron off the show for even making that joke, first of all. Uh, second, I saw him go through that ladder, that table off of that ladder right in front of my fucking eyes, and I'm like, yeah, that's where he fucked his back up. So, there you go. Oof. <laughs> and, and, and I just want to point out that Byron's a piece of shit. Is this supposed to make me like him more? Because it doesn't. You know what? I, I don't care if you like him, Justin. I don't. Because he almost won the shot at Ultima Lucha here. He's proven himself. He lasted longer than Taya in this match. Are we still talking about me? No. Um, actually, uh, Cuerno didn't last longer than no, Taya No, he was gone first. He was the first one, but he was on fire. He was about to pin everyone, one after each other. And then Mil Muertes yeah. had to uh, mess it up. Way to rain on our parade, Mil Muertes. Shit. Well, you could, you could, you could give him a hard time on your own. But you know, I popped. <laughs> um, uh, but the thing I will say about Taya, who did last longer, um, we actually got to see her finish. And Byron was the one who pointed out to me, like, I don't even know if we've seen her do her finish in Lucha before. And I was like, God, I don't think we have. Yeah, we have. What's her finish again? The fucking Meteora. The 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 what the northern, northern lights, lights into the foot stomp thing. Oh shit! No, she. I could have sworn she's done it before this, but I could be wrong. Maybe Did she she had a um after her cage match. What she wrestled somebody else, didn't she? Cobra Moon or somebody or. Yeah, and she won the match with that. Did so? So she but might have remember. done it once before. But again, I don't even remember that was so long ago at this remember. point. God, I am gonna have to to watch season two on iTunes now. Yeah, you call yourself a Taya fan, Justin. Gee. Well, you know, I don't memorize everybody's matches all the time, and I do like I do like a lot of performers. I mean, you know, you watch a few Taya matches, then you watch like kill shot matches. You know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta, gotta go balance you gotta balance it. If you balance it between the kill shot and the Taya, you know, you're bound to forget stuff. There's so much good stuff there between the two of them. <laughs> Yeah, it's like um, you can count all of the. You, you gotta, you know, you run out of paper counting all the blown spots. Um, that was a little harsh. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't run out of paper at all. Those guys are, especially Killshot is money. You, you guys. All you know, know what? He is now. I agree with you now. I, I mean, know. I just like giving you shit. I know everybody does, and I just like giving you shit about Querno because he's actually pretty good too. But at the same time. Um, I, I, I can't forgive certain things and I'm sure, I'm sure that Killshot has plenty to answer for in his life. You know, 37 kills. That's, that's, those people had mothers. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Those people had mothers and they had friends like you guys that I'm sure are very mad at him. But at the same time, you got to do what you got to do. And that shit entertains the fuck out of me. So I'm still a Killshot mark. I like Killshot too. I don't know what Casey's deal is with it, all that. <laughs> Byron's just selling you down the river now. <laughs> so wrong. Um, you know, I actually, I actually hate a lot of things about a lot of people. Why? Why is why is Byron Byron always he has safe searches for the bait hunting and storm chasers? That's the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you should look at your Twitter. 
Sorry, I should look Twitter's at my Twitter. Me. In the middle of my show, I should look at Twitter. God, what the fuck are you guys doing? This to is me? an interactive experience. There's a, I have 11 notifications right now. Jesus Christ. Speaking of interactive experiences, I want all of you to follow Fredo on Twitter and uh, check out his translation of the Cuerno uh, Conan interview. Uh, What's his uh, Twitter? Uh, it is at. The, at the real Fredo. At the real Fredo. Yeah, and he's um he's one of the guys that uh, runs Lucia World, which is another Lucia yeah. podcast. And I read and, I read one of his whole translations one day. Yeah, dude, his recaps are fucking great. He recaps CMLL and Forma for us too, which is a news program that CMLL does where they interview the wrestlers and stuff, and they do that every week. And uh. Yeah, he, you know, he's a he's a really good account to follow. So if you don't already fucking do it, because he knows, he's forgotten more about Lucha than I'll ever fucking know in my life. And I know a lot of you guys think I know a lot of shit, but I know like one one hundredth of what this guy does. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, then he's very well informed. I already follow yeah. him. I don't even understand what happened with Kevin Cross here on Twitter right now. Is one of us oh, in he's trouble? Oh, gonna fuck Myron up. That's all I know. Is one of us in trouble? And by one of us, I mean the the easy target, the red one. No, I asked him to to squish Brandon's oddly shaped head. <laughs> no, oh, your safe search is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Guys, you got to follow us on Twitter because half the action happens there, except from Lucha Gringo, who likes to keep it all on the podcast. Does he still have Yeah, because I know where the fucking money comes in. Yeah, thanks for sponsoring us, MeUndies.com and Casper Mattresses. (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm working. I'm actually working on some sponsors. I'm working on some sponsors, believe it or not, because I need to get paid. Dude, you got to get us, like, fucking tap out to sponsor us so we can get some clothes and shit. They don't own that shit anymore. They basically, my boys who own Tap Out, um, basically, they sold the company for, like, $138 million. And yeah, to the people that are doing WWE shit now. Yeah, so it was kind of this uh, investors group out of New York or whatever. And they stayed around and were part of the company for a while, but now I think that it's gone over to the WWE thing. Like, Dan Caldwell, punk ass, he'll still go to some WWE events, and he's like, he's not mad at it or anything, but obviously it's not what it was before. And I think, like, when the Reebok deal happened... Um, that was so against like what mask, um, you know, the other original founder of tap out that passed away a few years ago, that was so kind of against where he was with those guys. And honestly, had he been alive, I don't think that would have happened. And if it did happen, it would have been tap out. That was that instead of Reebok. And I understand why they did that, but you know, mask and Dana were really, really tight. And when Dana first took over the UFC, Mask was one of the people that Dana went to to be like, dude, what should we do for this and that? And the other thing, like Mask helped design the original Ultimate Fighter house and like got a set designer credit for it. He actually was the one who told them to sign up Diego Sanchez, who was the legit first winner because he won a half hour before Forrest Griffith won. I mean, he was the first winner of the Ultimate Fighter. And that's somebody that Mask basically said to cast. You know, and people don't necessarily know a lot of these stories, but at the same time, like the tap out thing, I still think it's cool that that they're a wrestling brand and that they're associated with WWE, believe it or not. Like, I don't own any of that new school tap out shit. And honestly, they've been rolling it out really slowly. There's not even a whole ton of it to be able to buy as a consumer yet. 
Um, I, I feel like they're still doing heavy R and D on a lot of it, but um, I don't. I think it's kind of cool that they're going there. Like the brand ran its course in MMA, and all of the brands got kind of pushed out of MMA. And if you're a smart business, you see that Reebok deal come in, and you get the fuck out of the way. You go somewhere else, and there's big money in WWE. And it kind of legitimizes WWE to a certain extent that they have a, a major fight brand like Affliction or a tap out there. And they got the tap out because um, I know they had gone after Affliction at one point. Um, I think, you know, it is what it is. Like the brand was going to die in its curtain form anyway. So why not? Why mm-hmm. the fuck not? I mean, and those guys paid $138 million for the fucking company. <laughs> I'm sure they want to monetize it somehow. They're not just going to stop <laughs> yeah. making T-shirts. So I know a lot of people, you know, especially people that were close to mask like I was, uh, were really hating on on tap out going to WWE at first. But I'm a wrestling fan, too. So I wasn't mad. I still wear my old school tap out shit all the time. I'm still proud of it. But um, I don't know. It's it, it's it's weird world and, and what crosses over between the things. And I feel like there's still this weird stigma between MMA and wrestling. And I, I personally hope that some of those walls start to come down a little bit as as MMA guys see that fucking putting in some work to sell a fight makes a difference when you know how to fucking do, use your stick time like pro wrestlers. Heyman's been probably behind any kind of good promo at UFC, I would say. Well, I, there's, a, there's a lot of that stuff going on now. <coughs> and it's good. It's good yeah. for the business. You see these guys getting million-dollar paychecks finally. Guess what? Because they learn how to fucking talk. And well, the same thing goes... For WWE, what WWE needs to do is go back to legitimizing the matches to a way where, yes, you don't know what's going to happen, but what does happen needs to make sense also. Like, if you have an underdog win, go back to those underdog wins that make sense, like the Daniel Bryans and the Rey Mysterios and the stuff like that. Like, build it up, make it make sense. Give the audience the, the big one, two, three kid, sir. The one, two, three kid. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, they've, they've done that in recent history. They just seem to be so, so fucking far away from it now. And now I've, I've Byroned myself because I've Are brought WWE, WWE again? into this and it wasn't Wrong even... show, buddy. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to go back to the fucking Lucha Underground then. Fuck you, Byron, and your <laughs> WWE. <laughs> Son of a bitch. How was NXT this week, Byron? Was it any good? I, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I'm getting a. F- uh, I'm seeing gifts of like Nakamura fucking challenging Finn Balor on Twitter right now, and he looks like he's jizzing himself when he talks. Oh yeah, that's right. Wait, we're doing the show a day earlier right now, so it's actually happening as we speak. Okay, cool. So I don't feel bad that we don't have to give Byron a chance to talk about it. I was just gonna chew food and talk over him anyway. Um. So uh, other things in in the only match on Lucha Underground tonight, which was another amazing thing that Good they match. had one match that went 60 minutes, which is a little strange for us because normally we talk about segments, but there's no real segments to talk about this week. Um, the House of Pain from Pentagon. Yeah. That was pretty badass. That's a good one. And then Phoenix right threw in the uh, lasso from El Paso, Paso, I believe. Yeah. And, and we had a couple of Can- uh, Mexican destroyers. A couple of them, like five. Like, <laughs> I it, don't know, it wasn't five, but both these guys use a form of a pile driver for their finish, and the finish of the match played off like they were pile driver experts battling pile driver for pile driver on each other. So Pentagon's hitting his Mexican destroyers outside the ring. Yeah, he hit one on the floor that looked yeah. pretty fucking yeah. vicious. Yeah, and then that Phoenix, was right in front of Casey too, wasn't it? Yeah, it sure the fuck was. <laughs> 
I mean, it was like one of those things where I started to pop at first because Pentagon pulled it off, but then like I thought they were both dead. I thought it was going to be like a stretcher ending yeah. for a second there. I didn't even know what to make of it. What did Phoenix uh, uh, say? Yeah, so I knew Pentagon had it the whole time. Come on. <laughs> what, did, what was Phoenix's move? What was that? What's that move called? The fire driver. No, not not his. Fire, not his finish. It's called the, the fire thunder in Japan. The one that he used in the match. The, the one that he uses as a finish. The fucking Rikishi driver. No, no, not that one. The one in the match t- tonight where he did. Oh uh, shit! I don't fucking know because I'm on West Coast time to see the show, so I haven't watched it yet. I'm just going by oh, memories, which are obviously faulty because I have a bunch of season three in my fucking head. Right I know now. that's been killing me too. Um, well, he doesn't. He'll see it in like ten minutes. I just want I I don't know the name of this move. It's like a back drop pile driver. It's like imagine a tombstone, but you're back to back. Oh, it's like the fucking bolt to side in that. Yeah. Okay. Bolmatano's move. I regret asking. <laughs> it's also known as the beach break. I love that that Byron asked because I get to fucking <laughs> hear this whole conversation. I think it's hilarious. Um, See, Byron doesn't know how to spell Bulls Poseidon, so he won't Google it right now and fucking find out. <laughs> You'll never. You, I mean, and this was the other. This was the other pile driver that Phoenix did, right? Yeah, that the spinning thing. Hmm. Yeah. No, Google uh, confirms what you said. Bulls Poseidon. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what what just happened. Um, all I know that it was a some kind of flippy Canadian destroyer into another cradle pirate driver that actually won the whole thing for Pentagon, and that was just stupid sick. Um, oh, but we didn't even talk about how Mundo went out. Like Mundo was doing great, and like during oh. the section when Mundo was doing great, Pentagon actually went like full luchador, jumping out of the ring, like doing regular. Lucha Libre wrestling for a few minutes, which I thought was really cool. It was like he almost came out of character to just be like, ah, fuck, it's the middle of the match. Let's just do some straight up Lucha. Well, yeah, Pentagon was, I saw him hanging out with Johnny by the stairs. He was chilling. He like, was, lying down. he was posed at one point in time with like his, his elbow on the mat and his head on his hand. Like he was a fucking supermodel or something down there. Just <laughs> chilling, awesome. Hanging out, talking. He wanted to you to draw him like one of your French girls. That's all. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it was. It was like, he was on a chaise lounge, just chilling out with Vic and, and Johnny down there and you and whatever. I think he got a bottle of water from someone. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He got a bottle of water from Johnny's mom. Yeah. That's so, so nice. Messed up. That's that's why he won. He yeah, but that's it. ring generalship. That's just smart. Like this, the only way to win this win this match is by tap out or pinfall, right? Yeah. And so count outs don't matter. No. So why not let the other fighters beat the shit out of each other and just sit there and hang out with Casey? It's a it's a veteran Stone Cold <coughs> move to go grab a bottle of water during the match. What was Stone Cold? And I think about I saw him ask. He either asked if it was okay to drink it or if it was water. <laughs> you, know, you, over your head, you want to make sure it's not like vodka or something well, uh, and i was we, trying to figure out how he still had enough saliva in his mouth to do all the spitting that he did at the end of the match but that's because he had a chance to refresh himself yeah 
And Phoenix well, uncharacteristically looked a little parched at the end. Well, he spits on the whole bleacher section before he starts every match. Oh my god. I mean, everyone gets fucking spit on in a Pentagon or a Phoenix match. And it goes it goes in their mouths because you're cheering. No, no, no. No. I, I it's gone in your mouth. I have good spatial awareness. I close my mouth with that. <laughs> yeah, we kinda turn around when he does that. Yeah. That's the smart way to go. Byron yeah. likes bodily fluids. No. I like chanting bodily fluids. <laughs> and receiving them. So, uh, I mean, I think that, look, this is an, a uniquely strange episode in the fact that it was just one match. No vignettes. Yeah. No vignettes. Um, oh, no fucking vignettes. Oh, I thought you guys were going to, like, drop some knowledge on some shit I haven't seen. I was all excited to do the podcast so I could hear that, like, no, three hours early. It's, they teased the cop thing, which I'm very <laughs> interested to know what Marie Vasquez Captain of the Hotness. Captain Rink yes, Captain uh, is, is going to do with her Captain Marie Hotness. Police. I will never forget her name. Thanks for not winning me the tickets. You could have told me that. She should have sent us a message and given us the info. <coughs> we, should have to, we should have her on the show, but uh, we should probably have the tall man on the show first so he can take care of you. I just want to say that um, I have no beef with the tall man, and I don't want to hurt him. And Brandon uh, Mars is the one trying to start a problem here. Why? Well, what's wrong with that? You can't handle some heat? No, I just, I like the guy, and I don't want to, you know, do oh, what I'd have to do if we got in a fight. Shit. You're a chicken shit. Wasn't I the one last week that said I wasn't fucking afraid I'll of I'll introduce Quirino? you, Byron. What? <laughs> and hopefully we get in the ultimate lunch. I'll introduce you. Well, let's take a microphone so we can record Kevin whooping the shit out of Byron if he's there. Oh my god, like if we could just have him kick him just like once. Yeah, I think Kevin will be there, but he might be working dark. Uh, you know, Evie Dub and uh was was asked about Kevin on uh one interview he did recently and you know, he said that uh Kevin is somebody that they're working on trying to find the right gimmick for basically and work him into TV and he won't really then say that. That means how we can fucking talk about him because Eric did first. Okay. Exactly what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, uh, I yes. really Eric publicly said that Kevin Cross works for Lucha Underground and that they are developing something for him. It is not a secret that is coming from us. It came from Evie Dub's mouth. I have a thousand fucking ideas and all they gotta do is come to the case man and give me tickets for Ultimate Lucha. Oh, freebie. that's all it costs for your for your uh, intellectual property <laughs> is free tickets. For for the first one. For the first <laughs> one. <laughs> nice, nicely played, nicely played. Um, I just want to say that uh, the M M M show does uh, as a show uh, votes against having Cross kick me at Ultima Lucha Three. No, no, no. We don't vote that as a show. I I, 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 I vote firmly the opposite the show of that. votes against I it. I vote completely the exact opposite of that. I, I yeah. don't mind It's weird. The vote's you. already in. That's strange. The show that already like submitted the vote. I don't know, Casey. What's the, your, what's the your vote? The has been punched in the, in the paper, in the ticket. I'm, I'm, you know, I would vote against anything Byron wanted, even if it was beneficial to me. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say that my vote is also for uh, a beef with Kevin Cross to play out in uh, Kevin Cross's favor on Byron's face. Yeah, that's actually the idea I have for the writing team is for him to pick a fan out of the audience and just kick the fuck out of them. I think we should change uh, Byron's gimmick name to Idaho because I just want to see him get potatoed all day long. Oh, oh, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I have uh, to. I have to go lie down right now. You feel sick? That was just. Oh, that was brutal. That was awful. <laughs> Idaho Turk. <laughs> it, yep, fucking Idaho Turk. And then I fucking come out on the mic behind them after they announce, and I say, "Ida pimp," and then they ring the bell. <laughs> I love this. Game. Boom! I love this whole thing. Um, you know, and speaking of 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 that EV Dub thing, um, listening to some interviews from DJ and EV Dub and and talking to some various people. Um, it looks like Lucha Underground is pretty serious about this going on tour thing. And I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that because I think it's a really smart move. Um, you know, I'm not confirming or denying it. I'm not here to break news. I could give a fuck about that. But I am interested in talking about it in the fact that I, I was really happy when I heard that they were serious about it because I feel like uh, Lucha going on the road a little bit is not necessarily good for me as a fan here in Los Angeles, but it's good for the product and the fact that I think it will help them retain the talent better because we're looking at a huge layoff now. They're a whole season ahead. They got to go into heavy editing now. They kind of jumped on putting the second season uh, or the third season right back to back with the second season taping wise to get it done. And now we're looking at a really long hiatus. They want to basically uh, do 40 uh, episodes a year. So 40 weeks on air a year. Um, so what does that leave for the other 12 weeks? And the, and the answer is basically touring. So, and I think they want to tour in just that period of time and not the whole time that they're down. Um, but it sounds like, you know, cause they want their writing staff and other technical people back. So it sounds like, you know, some of the TV crew would be going on the road too, but what do you guys think about this idea of Lucha putting together some touring stuff and doing it more like ECW did when they first went on the road before they were bought out from are you gonna, WWE? Are you going to name drop that you, you're the one who went to the original ECW shows way back in the day? I don't need to. You just did it for me. All right. Oh. <laughs> no, but I, uh, but I, honestly, you know, after a point in time when, you know, I had gone to a few shows in Philly at one point, but that's really difficult to do. So I, I stopped being able to do that. But then luckily for me as an ECW fan, they started going on the road. I actually saw them in Orlando when I was at Full Sail. They did a pay-per-view down there. Um, and then I saw them in Cleveland. They toured to Cleveland a couple times and they did Columbus, I think, and Pittsburgh. And it was a lot easier for me to see ECW in the later years because they were actually out on the road doing their TV show. Hmm. Um, and that was even, you know, some of those were when they had their own little TV show and some of them were once they hit, what was it? T TNN. TN, TNN. The Spike. Yeah. The Spike, original Spike TNN deal yeah. that they had. Um, and they did, but they were small tours and they were smart, you know, and I think it sounds like Lucha is going to do that same kind of thing, like hit the Hammerstein ballroom types venues, like the five to 10,000 seaters, not the arenas. But yeah, I mean, they could do exhibition type shows. I mean, Lucha, when you go see the event, when you go see taping, it's a ton of fun, but you kind of don't get a lot of any of the stories at one event. If you right. go to several, you could piece it together. You could say, oh, well, you've seen matches hopefully play out in a row and figure stuff out. But it's already a lot of fun to go to a taping without any storyline. And as you no, saw in, cool in, in Austin... Austin um, yeah, they dialed back the storylines to match where they were on TV anyway. Yeah. Well, and that's, to is, me, that's the other weird part about it. When you're talking about ECW going live, 
then, you know, when they're in the three-month TV break is when they're talking about doing it. So will they have to then continue storylines that go between the two seasons? Like, everything that they do on the road will have to be storylines that go between the two seasons of shit that's probably already been filmed at that point in time, right? Yeah, and the, the problem... that I see another problem with the touring thing, and it's that you're still dealing with another promotions wrestlers for a lot of the rosters. So I have a feeling if they do tour, it's probably going to be a lot of the American dudes and not a lot of the Mexican. But I also think that they're going to do it on the same, the same way that they're doing the TV schedule. I think that they're going to go to a town, hit a couple dates and then be down for a couple weeks. I mean, I think they're going to fly people in and out. I don't think they're going to put them out on the road for an extended period of time. Well, a lot of their, a lot of their AAA guys are doing um, indie dates in the U S too. I think, they're completely clear. I mean, you had you had the AAA guys do their thing at PWG last year. Now they're doing all their shows everywhere. You have Pentagon and Hero fighting in Chicago. You have Pentagon and Phoenix doing that match all over the world in Japan. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know. I mean, you never know what AAA is going to do, but <laughs> it seems like it, I know they what AAA is going to do. Not pay you. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're, they're gonna do. They're, they're gonna, gonna keep your pay. paycheck, and then they're they're gonna pretend that Pentagon isn't actually Pentagon and have them <laughs> not be the most, you know. I don't know. I mean, look, AAA is is a mess of a power structure. There's just too many people down there pulling the strings. They lost their own Lucha World Cup to Lucha Underground because Dorian, who's a part of AAA, probably is the one that made it that way. I don't know. I think Dario really, really pulled some strings and gave his guys the advantage in that in that tournament, which is why Lucha Underground is the best number one. Going back to Justin's question several weeks ago, Lucha Underground's the best uh, wrestling promotion right now because its leader Dario Cueto is smarter and more powerful than anyone else. Wait, so yeah, now now this motherfucker decides to be. He's totally kayfabe. That was just what I was going to say. That's what I too. said like a month ago. He's like Captain anti kayfabe for the first half of the podcast, <laughs> and then the second half of the podcast, when I'm talking inside about the back workings of AAA, he's talking about how the fucking actor, the guy with the longest IMDb page on all of Lucha <laughs> Underground, is the deciding factor for why they won the fucking Lucha World Cup. Jesus Christ, dude. Get your shit together. <laughs> you can't deny. I mean, you have to wonder how long, like, if they got in trouble, if Matanza was going to come out and bust some skulls. Well, I, I honestly think the touring thing is interesting. Um, I, I think it, it, pro- it, pros, it proposes a few issues, like guys getting hurt on the road kind of stuff um, and what that affects. Um yeah, they and it also never... it also means that cool stuff that we've seen, like some developmental people coming in and, and working some dark matches and stuff, that kind of stuff probably won't happen as much. They'll probably save, send those guys out on the road to try out new stuff and new gimmicks and see who they work well with, and we won't get to see some of those. Because Lucha doesn't run a ton of dark matches, but there's usually one or two yeah. good ones every time now um, at the live tapings. And some of those have been yeah. very, very enjoyable to see them working with new guys that they're bringing in before they debut, um, in their TV parts, you know, and, and a lot of those guys haven't really changed their gimmicks that terribly much when they get to TV, you know? So a lot of times you get to see a brand new thing when you see those dark matches and I, it'll, it'll be, I'll be kind of upset when somebody in Poughkeepsie gets that before us. 
Unless it's Jeff Cobb, because uh, they they changed him quite considerably from when we saw him in the dark matches. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand. Jeff Cobb is on the show. Mr. Athletic is a uh, is a very good wrestler who did work some dark matches at at Lucha Underground. I enjoyed his work. Past <laughs> yeah, tense. I wish they'd bring him in. <laughs> they he should. He'd he'd be a monster if they brought him in. <laughs> yeah, he would, and he would be Hefe's favorite. I'm sure. I'm sure. His uh, most prized. I know. Luchador. They'd be like brothers from another mother, I bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so th- that's kind of my, my Lucha stuff for this week. It, it was a very exciting week for me to get to go. Uh, I wish Byron we- and Casey could have been there, but, you know, oh, sometimes you just got to go to Lucha by yourself and, and worship at the temple with none of your homies. I still have notes on the match. Oh, go ahead. Say them. Um, so Pentagon, he did this at the Lucha World Cup, too. But him and uh, I think it was Phoenix improved on the what's up drop, whatever the Dudley boys call it. It's when they do the joke oh, from yeah, 15 yeah, yeah. years ago. And it's the headbutt to the to the dick. dick yeah. uh, this time Pentagon did a double stomp to the taint. And it just looked yeah. so painful. It looked it like awesome. it, but it looked like it was a lot of nut too. I mean, that should like, have finished the match. That's killing the business. That would have finished me. He basically kicked the whole fruit bowl right there. It was, it was brutal. Yeah. Well, Casey, I got some interesting MMA news for you that I don't know if you've heard about yet. Have you heard about this? Fed- oh, let's let's discuss this. This Fedor Emelianenko thing. Oh, wait, what? Okay. So, um, Mr. Ariel Halwani, who got himself in quite a bit of trouble last week, seems to be back to normal this week. And this time, he's getting some information directly from the source. Um, He interviewed Fedor this week, and Fedor all but said, like, I am the closest I have ever been to being in the UFC. Um, Out of Fedor's own mouth, basically, he's got one fight to finish up. Um, and then that's it. And then he's free and it looks like he, he's very likely coming to the UFC. Oh, shame. This wasn't 15 years ago. Well, agreed. But at the same time, you know, for him to come in and get a couple of matches before his, his entire career is over would be interesting. And yeah, but this is, it's bringing me back to this UFC thing of, um, I wonder what's going on there because, you know, sources out there, and I'm not going to mention anyone that I know in the MMA world, but let's just say that there's a lot of information floating around about this UFC sale right now. I am very suspicious that some of this might be them trying to plug the holes at the UFC and trying to see where information is leaking out from. Mm. Um, And it may not all be accurate, but it's kind of like the Game of Thrones things. For anyone who watches Game of Thrones, Tyrion does this thing where he tells... The, the three top advisors to the king different information and sees which information gets back to him from the king um, about his secret plan. And one of his plans is actually the real one, and two of them are fake ones. And so then he knows... WWE did this once. Yeah, and, and it I, worked. I feel <laughs> like the UFC is doing this right now. So yeah. MMA reporters out there, if you want to protect your sources, be careful with what information you're putting out there about the sale because there are... Some very contradictory different things. But I will say this, um, without giving anything away, of the various versions of the story that are out there, I feel like there is something going on. I don't think the UFC is going to completely be sold. But 
I could see the Fertitas getting out and Dana staying and Dana actually possibly having a bigger stake. Not that he's going to necessarily buy in, but that someone else is going to buy him more of a stake to keep him. Um, but I also, yeah, I also feel like this is, I feel like some of this stuff that they're putting together is hot shotting right now to raise the value. We're talking about things that they were never willing to do before. Um, these million dollar paydays for fights for fighters is a new thing. And if they were doing this before, Fedor would have been in the UFC a long time ago. I mean, what Fedor was asking for in comparison to what Connor got for his last fight, what Fedor originally asked for was less than that. And we're talking about a guy that was legitimately considered to be the best in the world at a certain point in time when, when he was having these conversations back when Randy Couture was on strike. And UFC could have afforded it then and didn't want to do it because they didn't want to go yeah. down that slippery slope of paying people out money. I still don't think they want to go down that slope, but they are doing it. Um, we've also got talk now of GSP possibly coming back to face Bisping. How crazy would that be? Yeah, that's, that's just one that I'm buying. Um, well, look, we know that GSP has been training and that he's been looking for the big fight. We all thought that he wanted Connor and probably did, but the luster of, of the GSP Connor thing with Connor losing to Nate just wasn't there. It wasn't the right time. Um, but I could see, you know, GSP has also said he didn't really necessarily want a title, but the only way to get a fight like a Michael Bisping is with the belt there. Um, I could really see this fight happening. It would be crazy, but I mean, there's also talk of Bisping Hindo, which I think is is a great fight, also because I'll tell you the fight that Michael Bisping does not want. It's fucking Jacare. <laughs> yeah. Why would you want? Nobody wanna... wants Jacare. Uh, like that. I wouldn't either. I mean, you know, yeah. he's the fucking alligator. He's gonna chomp your fucking face off. You know. Alligators are like the one animal I fear the most. Oh, dude, and after that shit that happened at Disney World yesterday, whatever, some poor little toddler gets fucking eaten at Disney World at a resort. I, yeah. I mean, a resort I've been to. I'm scared shitless of... I'm scared shitless of alligators now, too. Yeah, but it dragged the kid into the water, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Disney then, happiest place in the world. Hey, I also almost died at Disneyland. No, it was at Disney World. Disney World. Yeah, Disneyland. I almost died there. My first Christmas away from home when I moved to L.A. It's a long story. It was like Jacob's Ladder. I was in the underground tunnels and everything. I almost died at Disneyland. Why, why don't you tell the story? Oh, because it's not a wrestling-related story. A lot of what we say on the podcast isn't wrestling A lot wrestling of what related. you say on the podcast is not wrestling-related. what you guys are talking about has nothing to do with Something wrestling. Something cooking? Somebody cooking something? I smell grilled cheese. I smell grilled cheese, too, but we're not making anything. You're, one of your neighbors is burning down your, your condo with I'm going to double-check my cheese. kitchen. Yeah, you should, because it smells like fire. <laughs> fire 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 um anyway also uh yeah so i thought that that was pretty big news the the bisping thing the possible fedor thing i don't know who fedor would would face um you don't smell it in the kitchen that's weird brock lesnar um brock lesnar fighting mark hunt yeah is uh there's so many weird things going on with that now then Brock not having to pass the drug test thing, I still don't even quite understand how the USADA is treating this Brock thing. Um, and and the, I, I'm baffled by this fight because I don't know what I'm missing. I feel like there's a piece of this story missing still. I, I don't know. What do you think, Case? It's like, why would Brock come back and fight Mark Hunt? Uh, you know, I think it's weird, but I also think 
it's weird that Mark Hunt is talking talking so much shit about the drug testing that he's portraying the sport in a bad light almost. Yeah. And it's like he's yeah. trying to talk his way. It feels like Mark is the one trying to talk his way out of the fight. Right. Like he's like, oh, well, he's a juice head. I, I might as well be juicing, too. But you and I both know, like when you're gonna do a when you're gonna do a job to somebody, you start trying to set it up a certain way. Like, is he jobbing to Brock so that he has this this possible PED excuse afterwards? Like, oh, oh Brock's a juice head. That's why I lost. Kind of thing. Is that what's going on? I don't I don't get it. So I feel like I'm missing something. You think he has to take a fall? I don't know. I mean, I, I want to believe that, that MMA is more legit than that, but Jesus Christ, with all this weird stuff going on at this point in time, I just don't fucking know. I just don't know. And I normally do. Well, I think if Brock comes back and he wins, and then he gets cleared because he doesn't get a concussion from losing, and he gets to do SummerSlam, he makes both companies a lot of money, and then they, they like to do business and make money together some more if Brock loses and gets hurt and then he can't perform at SummerSlam then the whole deal goes bad for everyone yeah <laughs> I don't disagree um and and you throw Fedor yeah. into this heavyweight picture now too and you've got some interesting mm-hmm. stuff I mean you've got Verdum uh who's still looming who just recently lost the championship um, you know, Stipe and Alistair are going to have their fight, but that's going to be pretty soon. So that frees them up for, for being involved in this talk. Josh Barnett's still rolling strong, and he's got a fight coming up against uh, Arlovsky. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like the heavyweight division is all of a sudden very, very interesting when you bring Brock into this equation because either it, it's going to put Hunt really right back in the mix if he beats Brock. Um, or it's going to keep Brock as this this threat that works somewhere else that could show up at any time and and be in the mix if he wins. Don't we want to see Brock and Fedor fight? Uh, yeah. Or or I'd love yeah. to see uh, I'd love to see Barnett and Fedor fight. Yeah. I'd like to see. And it's weird because it's like you're almost creating this legends division. But that's what we're talking about with Bisbing and Hindo or Bisbing and GSP. Also, we're talking about these guys that are that should be past it. They should be fucking past it. But Hindo, amazing fucking fight at 199. Bisping, amazing fight at 199. Um, we'll uh-huh. see what Lesnar and Hunt can bring. It's certainly interesting, especially with all this weird PED talk now. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm truly baffled and intrigued. And normally, you know, other than the finish of a fight, I'm not this baffled by the inner workings of what's going on. You've got a lot of people acting strange. Even the firing uh, or trying to kick Ariel out thing was uncharacteristic to a certain extent. I know they fucking hate on Ariel, but to throw him out in the middle of uh, uh, UFC 199, the way that Dana did it, and to, and for him yeah. to have firmly pointed it all at Lorenzo, I find very strange. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's something going on with the Fertitas that really is the culprit be- behind a lot of this stuff. And Dana is such a straight shooter in a lot of ways, even when he's lying. Um, he's just not the super secretive kind. You know, he, he, he will basically, when he's got a secret to say, he'll just say, fuck you, I'm not talking about that yet because obviously we're working on something and I'm not going to talk about it because we're working on some shit. But all the way this stuff is playing out is just bizarre to me and it feels like other corporate hands are on the whole fucking shit. Um, 
speaking of UFC, we do have an interesting card coming up here that's not a numbered card, but has a huge, huge couple of fights on it. Uh, namely, the Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Rory McDonald. Oh, wow. Which is a huge, huge fight, and it's at this Ottawa card that's a UFC fight night coming up on Saturday, June 18th. Um, <clears throat> I find this very interesting because Rory McDonald's contract is up after this fight. Oh shit! And he just had that that war um, with Robbie Lawler. That was right. totally a fight of the year candidate for sure. Literally, they made that the fight. Like when you put in the new UFC video game, it makes you finish that fight <laughs> to learn how to play the game. Well, before you do anything good else, good lord, there's a whole lot of things you could learn from that fight. That's for sure. But I mean. I don't know if this is punishment or what, because Steven Wonderboy just fucking coming off of demolishing Johnny Hendricks, and he looks like an unstoppable force in the UFC. Um, so I think it's almost like punishment for Rory, but this could backfire on the UFC. If Rory takes out the, their Wonderboy, literally their Wonderboy, Steven Thompson, then he is right back at the top of the fucking division and has no contract then they're either going to have to buck up and pay him a shit ton of money or they're going to lose him to someone else who's going to buck up and pay a shit ton of money. But mm-hmm. Roy McDonald winning this fight is horrible for the UFC. Horrible. Right. Um, so you got you to gotta wonder if they know something about Steven Wonderboy that we don't know. Are they going, is Steven going to take out Rory here? I'm, I'm honestly, I'm going to put my money on Steven. I'm going to put my money on Wonderboy. Yeah. What do you think? Do you, do you think he can get it done over Rory? Because Rory has looked nothing but close to unstoppable. I mean, he he legitimately uh, see, is like the second or third best guy in the division at all times. This is a hard one to for me to call because I really like Rory's work, and I'm a big fan of his, so that might be kind of clouding my judgment. That, And I want to see him win and have it be horrible for the UFC because I just think that's funny. Right, that they didn't sign him to another contract, and they're putting him in with a fighter that he can beat and fuck up all their plans. I know. Well, yeah, for the sake of free agency, I would love to see that happen. That would be bigger for free agency than when Ben Henderson left. Right, it would be huge. That would be a guy going out. I mean, right at the top of the division. You know, a guy who should be fighting for the title again within the next year. I mean, it would be that level, like a guy who was seconds away from being the champion um and is you know i don't know yeah it would be huge you know and benson was a former champion so that's a big deal too but he was on his way down he really was you know he was having you jump in weight classes he wasn't really having the best performances ever and he went out on a win but it was still not the same thing um so we also have patrick cote versus donald cowboy cerrone in a who gives a fuck who wins fight i just want to see it (laughs) dear lord That's like, that is exactly what you want for your co-main event on like every card. You want those two dudes. Crazy dudes fucking each other up. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that Cowboy can take uh, Kote. I feel like he's just ever so slightly better, but that's going to be a war. That is going to be the battle of I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's going to be like, you know, Diego Sanchez or Clay Guida or Jim Miller and those kind of guys or Matt Brown that just go in and these guys are just going to duke it out um other interesting matches uh the valerie letourneau versus jojo calderwood it's going to be the first female fight at 125 pounds i don't know exactly why they made it 
at 125 pounds. They both had enough time um, to make weight. So I find it very interesting. I feel like Letourneau is going to win this fight. She looked really good even in a loss last time. Um, and JoJo's just had weird psychological issues. She looks like she's on the verge of a nervous breakdown at all times. She says she's gotten it back together. The UFC says she's got it back together. I don't know what exactly her personal issues are, but I, I don't know if I see her being all there. Now, maybe when I watch the weigh-ins, I'll change my mind at the last second, but I feel like that's going to go Letourneau's way. Um, oh, It's just weird to have a fight in a weight class that you don't have a title for. Yeah, which, weird. I mean, it could be UFC testing some things out, which would be really bad for Invicta, but who knows? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the other fight to watch to me is the headliner of the Fight Pass prelims, which is my boy Elias Theodoro, who, by the way, is the best follow on Twitter, uh, next to Filthy Tom Lawler for MMA fighters, um, versus Sam Alvey. I love this fight. Either one of these guys could win. I got to go with Elias just because I, I think he's awesome and I think he's got the right attitude about the whole sport. Um, but Sam Alvey's a fucking killer, man. That dude has some hands and some moves. Like, that's a good fight. Um, and it's on fucking fight pass. Well, this goes to show you, too, that, that they are really taking this fight pass headliner thing seriously. They've been putting some good fights as the headliner fight on there. They're trying to make it so that if you're a real fight fan, you can no longer avoid having fight pass. Um, it's not quite the same as WWE network where you're actually getting the pay-per-views for that price. Um, UFC, I don't think could ever go that route because they just can't afford to pay out their fighters the, the same way. They would have to change everyone's contracts, but WWE did. <laughs> so yeah, they took away, uh, yeah, uh, but then you get the payouts. then you get the Ryback letter. So you know, <laughs> not that he matters, but also at the same time, WWE's had trouble keeping big talent on TV. They're going to come and go more with that new deal. They're going to work towards big pay per views. They're going to work towards WW uh, to to WrestleMania and SummerSlam. They're going to do, uh, according to Lawler, two pay per views a month now after they brand split after they have their back to back oh, live shows. Also, Dave uh, Meltzer. Uh, is I'll throwing a ton of shade on that. How WWE isn't getting paid more money to do a second two-hour live show? Like they're really hurting with ratings. They just had their uh, record low uh, ratings, under three million viewers this past week. Well, um, yes, but you know, Lucha Underground also had lower ratings last week too. You got NBA Finals going on. You had uh, NHL yeah. playoffs going on. You, you know, ah. Uh, it's a bad week for sports. People are actually getting out of the house. It's a bad week for TV in general. You know, yeah. it's a bad time of year. And, and this kind of thing happens. So WWE has been on a consistent slump. But at the same time, they got to look at it more reasonably, I think, in, in where they're all headed and where all the products are headed right now, including UFC. I think the ratings, uh, ratings are deceptive these days, too, because eyeballs, to me, don't matter the same. And the networks have to figure out how to sell the fact that eyeballs don't matter the same. What matters is that you are reaching a specific audience that advertisers need to reach. Like, mm -hmm. if you are buying ads and you want to sell a new video game, there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing that during Lucha Underground. Yeah, I mean, like, 
dear Lord, you want to talk about hitting that, uh, you know, media savvy, tech savvy, uh, urban 18 to 35 year old male demographic. Urban? Yeah, urban. No, I don't. He loves video games. Yeah, not that urban. I'm oh. talking about in the cities. That urban is not even in the city. <laughs> He's in, yeah. Most ironic nickname ever. He's in a barn right now, I bet. Yeah, talking yeah, some he, shit about us. He just got home. He, he messaged me. Oh, he messaged you to, he, to tell us that he's going to talk shit this time? No, I, I tried to have the heels call in so we could uh, bump Casey under call waiting. Doesn't it hurt you? Oh, no, I would just hang up right now because I have to wake up uh, for work in like eight hours anyway. Oh, my God, you do, don't you? It's, uh, it's past Casey's bedtime. Um, Doesn't it hurt more when it's your friends that talk shit about you? Because they're the ones that know, and they're right. Yeah, We are right know, about Casey. Johnson, I consider you my friend. Byron, no. Uh, <laughs> you guys are just so, known acquaintances from a long time ago, I guess. Huh? I got you a TV interview as a Lucha Libre expert. But that's yeah, true. You know what? I got you a fucking TV interview as a NAMLA member. Oh, you're not going to bring up his NAMLA pilot again, are you? None of that ever happened. No, no. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. See, guys always, you guys always give me a hard time about how big of a fan of Marlon Brando I am. People don't know about a lot of Byron's secret work, and it never made it to air, so we really shouldn't, you know, he shouldn't be held responsible for pilots that didn't even make it to air. Right, right. So, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, I, I, well, I don't want to keep you any longer. I think we're good this week, man. I think we had, uh, because we didn't have as many vignettes, we didn't have as many things to go off the rails about. We didn't have a huge UFC event last weekend. We talked about everything in under three hours this time. Casey has a whole bunch of stories that he wants to tell. Yeah, you know what? It's cool. The the time has passed, and they'll take me a lot longer than 15 minutes to tell, and I, I need my beauty sleep to look this good. Yeah, you do. Uh, you should have gone to sleep a long time ago. <laughs> Oh, that's what you're calling Apparently. <laughs> no, Casey has some cool stories about... Wait, were you trying to get Urban to call in? Is he going to call in this no, week? He just wants to do it in person when he gets here. Yeah, he's not going to call in. I was trying to get them to call in so we could hang up Isn't with Isn't it like fucking 11.30 over there? What the fuck? Come on. Those guys are up late, when, especially if they record their podcast on Wednesdays. They usually do it's like Wednesdays 10, or oh, Thursdays. Yeah, they do it right after. It's like 10.15. Tennessee is two hours away. Yeah. Which isn't late, Casey. It's late when you get up at 4.30 in the morning for work, Byron. Oh, yeah. I've done that. I've been at work at 4.30. Yeah, yeah. Why, we all need to get out of these careers that have 12-hour work days that have ridiculous start times. Well, so far, I'm uh, semi-retired. Yeah, I'm um, with you. <laughs> I'm... Did he say semi-retarded? My, um, my phone is kind of breaking up a little bit. Yes. Um, no. Yes. No. He didn't say retarded. He said touched. And, uh, okay, good, because that's not a good word to say, Byron. I've been I've been uh, working on my short film, which has ve- very flexible hours. <laughs> Is that what you call it? That's what that's what you call working for free some... on your own shit that no one's ever going to see. It's called having flexible How, how's hours. How's it going, Byron? Is it is it looking good? It's looking really good. Um, I saw the last cut, and surprisingly, it does not suck. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I saw part of the last cut, so no, I'm looking forward to anything. seeing it all together. Well, I, I mean, somehow I think uh, I think when Byron went back and reshot half of the movie, they actually fixed uh, everything that was wrong with it. Well, that's cool. It was smart to do it again. 
and to call us up to no, help. No, no. Plus, like his ending scene is so much better now. The so way that he better. shot it this time, we're actually putting the last you over. time you because this? of the green screen on the legs is just beautiful. That's funny. Wait, that's a spoiler. Are you spoiling? You can't spoiler his movie. It's got to go to film festivals oh, and shit. Oh, you're shit, banned. Sorry, bleep that out, Justin. Bleep it. You're banned. We're gonna we're gonna Hawani you on that one. We're gonna ban you, and then I'm gonna have you right back on the very next show. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, it's better than being MVP, I guess. Mm-hmm. MVP. Yeah, a, a Helwani is a an unjustified ban that gets lifted almost immediately. An MVP is uh is when you really fuck up and blow it when you're not supposed to for no reason, and then are out of and a then job. put spoilers in your apology. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, yeah. any spoilers in his apology don't count as spoilers for other people, because. He already spoiled it. Yeah. It's already out there. And I got to go read Twitter and find out about this Kevin Cross thing and see if we're going to have to have oh, him yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, ass. it's really fun, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I should probably go live tweet the, the, the... I should go live tweet the West Coast. You should go live tweet the rest of the West Coast. Casey? People are going to think we're not watching the show because none of us are live tweeting the show. It's 8 p.m. Casey's going about to, to go sleep, to sleep. dude. Oh, son of a bitch. Well, you actually know what happened because there's no vignettes and you were there. It's just no, all... plus I DVR it and watch it tomorrow. So there we go. I let that secret go now. Ah, uh, good shit though. It's a good show. It's worth DVRing. I DVR Game of Thrones too, and I haven't watched that this week yet either. Gotta watch it. All right. Well, that's all I got for this week. Follow us on yeah, Twitter, our our separate Twitter handles, and you can follow it at MMM Show seventy five now. Follow us on Facebook. That's right, on Facebook, also uh, at MMMShow75 or Facebook.com forward slash MMMShow75. We actually have a Facebook. Go friend request me. I don't know what we're going to do on Facebook. It's not even really linked to any of our things. It's just kind of... Uh, oh, we're on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, you can go on there. Maybe we'll start a little forum or something, or you can post comments or, or co- criticisms or questions or something on there. I don't know. Lucha Underground, yeah, Lucha Underground spelled stage. six to survive wrong on their Twitter, by the way. We're not the only ones oh, no. who got it mixed up. Wow. Byron just calling them out on Botchmania. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, you I would never it. do something like that. And uh, Tataya, congratulations for being the best thing in that match that wasn't named Pentagon. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you fixed the end there. I did. I did. I can't, I can't deny the fact that Pentagon was fucking amazing on Lucha Underground. And won the fucking match. And I can't wait to see him try to get the belt next week or whenever that. Well, I guess Ultima Lucha is probably not for a few weeks on TV. Cause that keep was, the belt warm for him, Matanza. Yeah. Shine it up real nice. He's going to stick it up your big ass. So it's fun. We get to see them work towards Ultima Lucha over the next few weeks. It should be exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about it. All right. Well, until next time, that's Casey on the phone. That's Byron over Hi. there on Twitter because we were talking about MMA. And <laughs> I'm Justin. And until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Why does he have to one-up you? Why does he have to one-up what? We're still recording. We can one-up him all day. He just hung up. At the end, like you get the last word every single episode. Now he's calling in thinking it's his show. Well, it kind of is his show. It's not his show. No, no. Well, he paid for this week's episode. Casey paid for something? I wasn't going to have him on calling in. How weird is that to have one of the hosts calling in? I wasn't going to even have him on, but then he paid me money. So, I mean, I figure it's his show this week, how, right? How much did he give us? How much is my what, what is this us thing? How he, much is... I host it. Yeah, but he paid me because I plugged in the thing that let the phone call be on the, the thing. Let's re-record the whole thing right now. Right now? Yeah. I mean, if I hit 
a certain key combination, it'll just erase everything we recorded. No, I don't want to. Well, I like to know that it exists and people could hear it. All right. Well, so for but, next week, what are we going to do? Should we try to get Kevin Cross on the show? Is he going to be fucking furious at you? Not in person. I don't know. What do you mean not in person? Yeah, in person. He, he asked, on the phone? He was asking about, well, not like face to face. Well, I, I can't call two picked. people. So Casey's got to fucking be here in person. If Casey comes in person, we'll try to get Cross on the phone and we'll fucking handle this whole beef. Well, the with thing you about next week is that the heels come into town on Friday. Yeah. So we can record our regular show first. We're going to record a bunch of special stuff for Ultimate Trace. Oh, yeah, Trace. we could record before Friday. And we may end up being on their show. They may end up being on our show. It's going to be all kind of crossover in the next couple of weeks, people. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm trying to get them to come over after they land. We should do that. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be cool. I won't tell Casey. Casey, who knows? We'll give him the wrong address. <laughs> Wait, he already knows the address. And the heels already know the address, too, from all the T-shirts we buy from them. Yeah, the heels know our addresses because we buy their stuff. Don't buy the. Don't go to their. Well, how shop. the fuck are they supposed to ship it to you if you don't want them to know your address and they're shipping you stuff? Then you got to get a PO box. They That's on you. That's not their responsibility. They don't mail it. The company mails it. The company prints and mails the shirts. But it tells them who their customers are because it's their shirts and their money. Yeah, but it's not like Urban Iron Iron on Irons. I bet they have your credit card number too. Why do you think there's they have all that booze all the time? Have you checked your statements recently? (laughs) That's how they're Ubering around now. They're they're getting Ubers to the liquor store and buying booze on your credit card number from buying a last real heel shirt. And I'm completely kidding, people. Please buy their shirts because I get cut back from that too. And Byron doesn't. I got to buy Vinny's shirt. I was gonna buy it last week. I did. I forgot to. Okay, right now. Okay, we really are gonna sign off now because Byron and I actually legit are about to both buy. Shout out to Vinny. Vinny Massaro shirts and Vinny. Thank you for being on the show last week. And if you haven't listened to it, you absolutely must hit the rewind button. Go back in time. Uh, I don't even care if you skip the first half of the show. That skip it to Vinny's part. Just skip to Vinny's part now that it's been out for a week and listen to Vinny Massaro last week because. He shoots fucking hard on like MMA Casey. fighters and showing up and taking up valuable wrestler spots and on Casey. So <laughs> definitely listen to that. And if you are really want to reward yourself, listen all the way to the end of last week's super duper supersized episode because I shoot all over the Ariel Helwani situation, um, which was actually fairly entertaining even to me when I went back and listened to it. Nice. It's weird. We're an hour and a half short on our episode. Do you think people still... I think people will appreciate it. (laughs) Still listen? Yes. So, for the second time tonight, until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Casey.